What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the program a man who holds the second best total in the 110 kilo weight class. He is coming on the scene very strong as a terrific lifter, but also a terrific shit talker. Derek Thistleweight joined us in what was a fantastic interview, and he talks about everything you guys want to hear. Showdown disinvitation, breath belt, Joe Sullivan, Brianni Taylor. He shit talks, he does it well, and we had ourselves a pretty great interview because of it. He is a character in powerlifting, a character I appreciate, and we just had a great time. Uh, he goes into the backstory on why he was disinvited from the showdown, his issues with the breath belt. Actually, him and Steve Denovi educate me on the breath belt because I wasn't really sure even what it did. So he talks about that. Um, he also doesn't really stop at Joe Sullivan. He goes into just various beefs or things that he sees in powerlifting. Uh, a few young lifters he called out. The French phenom comes to mind. He had a, uh, a quite the, quite the rant on that as well. Um, we also kind of circled back into his background in powerlifting because super, super raw into the sport and also just putting together massive, massive numbers, uh, 606 dots. We talk about that. Also kind of get into a good conversation on why bodybuilding is important for a lot of powerlifters and how a lot of them neglect that. Uh, we do a word association, fantastic time doing that, lifter rating, and we end off the show in a discussion about Wilkes, formulas, dots, and why... Rank is important in powerlifting and how it surpasses all-time world records. So, fantastic interview, Derek. I'm sure we're going to have him on the podcast sometime again because we get guys with personalities and great lifters as well, and girls for that matter. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com. Go and visit the Instagram that they have and make sure you are following and make sure you're getting their merchandise. They have the best merchandise in powerlifting. They come out with new designs. They come up with dope designs. Everything that they release looks fantastic. You're going to look good in the gym, on the platform, and outside the gym if you get some Left Love Bros merchandise. That's why I love them. Also, they help the sport of powerlifting. They're active in powerlifting. They are sponsoring the Texas Summer Open that is happening very, very soon. We're going to have a preview episode on that. Left Love Bros also has the best powerlifting discount code in the sport 2WL15. Use that promo code at checkout and you will save yourself 15% off your order. Save yourself some money. Use that promo code and also leftlarbros.com is fantastic for a variety of reasons. They have the best merchandise. You can get everything you want from dad hats, socks that they're going to come up with releasing soon, different shirts, various designs, but also Two White Lights merchandise as well. As if the website couldn't get better, they have Two White Lights merchandise sold exclusively on leftlarbros.com. And the better thing is you can use that same promo code 2WL15. So what you're going to do, you're going to fill your cart with Bros merchandise and Two White Lights merchandise and use promo code 2WL15. It applies for both and you will save yourself some money. Also, Make sure you're going to RivalNutrition.net and get yourself some Rival Nutrition supplements. It is informed choice supplements, so all you SAPL lifters who listen to Two White Lights don't have to worry about testing positive for a banned substance, some janky pre-workout that you ordered. Rival Nutrition has you covered. 
no banned substance in the pre-workout, branched amino acids, protein powder, you name it. They will supply you with informed choice supplements. Use promo code ANGELO20 to save yourself some money. That is ANGELO20, my name, and the 20 attached to it at the end. But also, lift.net. Go there and get yourself some Stoic equipment. Stoic is blowing up recently. They are getting more athletes on board. They have more people in their knee sleeves, their singlets, their wrist wraps. And because the quality is fantastic and the quality is also affordable too, it is the best powerlifting equipment company out there. You are going to love whatever you get from Stoic. Use promo code ANGELO10 to help yourself save some money on what is already affordable product. ANGELO10, get yourself some Stoic gear. I wear Stoic gear in the gym and on the platform. And for the reason is that I love it. I absolutely love it. My performance is great with it. Get some Stoic gear. Remember that promo code ANGELO10. Also, make sure you are going on NotoriousLift.com and get yourself some no-slip trip Notorious Lift slippers. Use them on the deadlifts. Use them on the bench. It's going to help your performance. Also, you're going to look damn good doing it. They have a discount code now, ANG15, to save yourself some money. Also, sign up for the newsletter so you get on those drops. You can use that promo code on drops, anything they have on the website, but those drops are so important because they come up with unique designs, new designs, colorways. Actually, it's not even colorways anymore. They come up with new designs. They're progressing. I love progression in the sport. I love progression for companies. Notorious Lift is doing that. I am such a fan of what they're doing right now. Use promo code ANG15 to save yourself some money. Also, make sure you guys are subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our website as well. I cannot thank you for the I can't thank you guys enough for the support that you gave us recently. Subscribers are going up, five star ratings are going up, reviews are going up. I'm happy to see that. Also, people are donating to Two White Lights, and that is seriously one of the greatest things that's happened to me. Uh, and Two White Lights, obviously, but it means a lot, and we are going to try to use that money to get ourselves a studio. Um, a, a homemade studio, not getting some studio time, and also some really cool things with ideas of a possible Twitch stream and a potential uh, venue for in-person interviews. Uh, so I got to thank you guys for that. You are what is doing that. And without further ado, so you guys can listen to your favorite podcast, Two White Lights. And as promised, I got with me the man who holds number two all-time total in 242 weight class in wraps and also one of the first men who was disinvited from the showdown meet. We got Derek Thistleway, better known as Derek Death Grip. How are you, man? Good, good. Um, how about yourself, man? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I am actually feeling a little bit alpha right now because your mustache kicks my mustache's ass. You got a nice mustache, though, man. I mean, you got the hair going, too. I mean, it, there's a lot going on over there that's respectable. Yeah. You're you're doing this very nice thing of uh, just trying to pay me some compliments. You're like, yeah, I, I kicked this guy's ass in both categories here. I got the uh, <laughs> I got the beautiful Red Dead Redemption mustache and the, and the hair to back it up, too. So... 
Thank you. I appreciate that. That's uh, that's that's com- That's that means a lot coming from you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, it has been a fun past couple of weeks, to say the least. That's what I'm doing. I'm having fun out here. Um, I mean, and it, it's the sport is boring. That is what I have gotten from everyone. Is like, thank you for bringing some fun back to the sport. Uh, I mean, you got. There's, there's been no talk of the 242 class other than Jamal in years. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Jamal's a great guy, but where is the personality? Um, yeah. You know, everything on his page is either his lifting or his sponsors. I've talked to Jamal. He's a great guy, but there's no personality in the sport right now. There's no personality in the 242s especially. The, the class has been stagnant for years. So, I mean, that's just what I'm doing. It's it's all fun. It It is so much fun. And then – I mean, a guy I looked up to, uh, Joe Sullivan, um, just completely sold out, in my opinion, and just threw away all the great advice he was giving, and now it's just breath belt. So I figured why not start there Um, because it's irked me for a long time, and I was fine just like, fuck it. Like, let's let's say something. Let's see what happens. And it turned out that everyone loves it. Um, So, you know, I'm just going to keep doing it. End up getting me kicked out of the showdown, um, but I mean, who gives a fuck? <laughs> there's 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 a meet every weekend. What what's the difference? I'll just I'll just sign up for another one. It was it was a little disappointing having met a uh, meet director at my last meet and him being such a cool guy, and then to have him try to tell me what to do um, because like I'm not hurting anyone. It's not like I was threatening to kick Joe's ass or, you know, anything like that. I wasn't threatening any violence. Um, And I never said publicly anything about his character. I was just talking about, like, a product, which, you know, you can say anything you want about someone's product. It's it's a review. Um, I mean, look at Yelp. It gets businesses shut down left and right. No one's suing Yelp. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is. It's all for fun, but it, it brought out a lot of like softness in the sport. Where it's just like, really, like you can't, you can't take it. I mean, <laughs> but I'm just having fun, um, and it's been a lot of fun. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, it it has been a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, people were asking me to go after everyone, and I mean, it, I'm not going to go after people um, just for the fuck of it. Like, I, I, cause if, if they're not doing something that I don't disagree with, um, I'm not going to go and attack people's personal life or appearance or anything like that. Every, everything that I will, um, go after is going to be powerlifting related. Cause it's what we all do. It's not that serious. You know, it, I'm not going to go attack people's personal lives mm-hmm. and appearance or anything like that. Um, or like, you know, just truly try to be malicious but, you know, for the, for the fun of powerlifting and making rivalries, calling people's, you know, lifts out, this or that, I mean, what's the harm in it? So whenever they kicked me out of the showdown, I was kind of like, why? Like, yeah. it, why? <laughs> so, so I guess let's start there. Now, did this just evolve or kind of just like become this thing where you're making fun of the breath belt uh, for a little bit and then... It, did, did you like take that and then try to just cr- use that whole thing to create some sort of interest in the showdown? And then, like, what was the, what was like the DM or message you received 
from you, you, you were uh, potentially getting kicked out, and like, what, what was what was the whole scenario there? Like, bring okay. bring the people up to speed. Okay, so from the start, I made the um, the meme that was the guy trying to pick which button to push, and um, on one side it said uh, create more quality content about bracing or sell out uh, for a useless belt. And I put Joe Sullivan on it. Um, to which he replied in the comment section, um, you know, like uh, like a businessman would, pretty much just like, sorry you feel that way, glad to send you one if you'd like to try it, blah, 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 pretty respectful. And then he got on his story um, and didn't tag me. That's why I went after him, because he didn't <laughs> tag me. Uh, if he would have tagged me, because he, he said something about, uh, you know, people who, uh, hold an all-time world record, have a degree in sports-related uh, science or something like that, uh, support the breath belt, and then people who don't don't or don't or support the breath belt. So then I hopped on my story and just started talking shit because why not? Um, and to that, he didn't reply, but I made a couple more memes, and then his girlfriend... Brianni went to my sponsors um, and one of my sponsors was like, Hey man, you got to stop this and that um, looks bad for the brand. And I was like, no, like, I'm sorry, but you don't pay my bills. Like you, I, I promote you and um, you give me free stuff now and then, but you don't pay my bills. Like I, it, it's just like, you can't really tell me I'm not your employee. Um, and then my other sponsor was like, fuck it, do whatever you want. So I was like, I'm a, I'm gonna go with you um, <laughs> because I like what you have to say. Um, so then I made the brief, the, the meme about Brianni, um, and her like, you know, sticking up for Joe and me just saying, fuck breath belt, um, to which he was not happy because he said I went after his loved one, but I didn't say anything malicious about her. I, that happens occasionally. Uh, two white lights was in a crossfire uh, between the two once, so we, we we know firsthand experience that. Uh, this not this sounds like deja vu. Someone talking <laughs> trash on their story and not tagging us, and then Angelo responds, and then it becomes much much more. So yes. yeah, we we can understand what you're going through. Yes, respond respond like a smartass, and then we and then and then like the entire shitstorm after that uh, erupts. <laughs> And then, same thing within your case, like two white lights, c- created some sort of identity that actually was good in the process. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, didn't she like come on here and she was all or listened to it and was all upset that y'all didn't give her enough credit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so Joe did the great thing of fast forwarding to the part we talked about Briani, not listen to the entire recap of Hybrid. Sounds like tell good. yeah tell people that. We did a bad job, which, if you think we did a bad job recapping the hybrid, that's totally fine. Uh, we take criticism pretty well on Two White Lights, and, like, if you think the show sucks, you think the show sucks. We have no problem with that, but it just pained me a little bit to find out he didn't listen to the entire show. Just as, like, we, <laughs> we as this a person who just really wants people to listen to the entire show, I'm like, oh, yeah. you didn't even listen to the entire thing? And it wasn't that I said anything ma- malicious, it was... I didn't give enough compliments. The yeah, compliments I mean, were not were not as good as the compliments I gave John Hack. Well, let's let's reframe this. I didn't give enough compliments, and yeah. Angelo got blamed because that's how it works on Two Light Lights. Is I can say whatever I want, but it's Angelo's fault. Yeah. But 
Fucking suck it up, man. You have a world record. That should be enough for you. I don't know. Like, is, I, that, that, I remember seeing all that, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's so, it's so lame to just, like, be upset that someone didn't give you enough credit. It's like, you should be doing this for yourself, like, not not for everyone else's approval. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm ranked number two, and I have less than 10,000 followers. I don't care. Like, it... It is what it is. I'm not out here pissed off saying, oh, I'm upset that I don't have more followers or that people aren't giving me enough credit. Um, but I will damn sure throw that that ranking around anytime someone tries to <laughs> anyone tries to say anything to me. Um, but yeah, back to what I was saying was that then I made that meme about her and she messaged me um, saying like, dude, seriously, do you have nothing better to do with your time? It's like, this took me like 10 seconds to put together. Like it, it's not like I was sitting here all day brainstorming it. it. There, there was absolutely nothing better for me to do with my time. I mean, it, the amount of uh, traction it gained me alone was well worth my time. Um, so no, it, it, there was nothing better to do with my time that day. And then, um, then I just started going in on her. Like, cause why not? Uh, like, uh, because uh, she's ranked lower than me too, so you know I was gonna throw that in there. Called her a bum, um, you know. Pretty much, I mean, I don't know how many people saw the the story that I put up, but she was telling me like I need to uh, better my life, uh, this and that, and I was just throwing powerlifting facts at her. Um, and I don't think Joe liked that. That you know I you know diss his girl, um, but you know he can kick rocks. So then. Uh, let's see what happened after that. That's the next morning was whenever I got the message from the, I'm not actually to be quite honest. I'm not even sure if he is the meat director. He is just the owner of the gym that's putting it on. And the, um, like, uh, I guess the, like the promoter of the meat, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a meat director or else he wouldn't have messaged me. I'm, I'm not sure why someone lower than the meat director would have messaged me, but he was like, Hey man, this, uh, this, this stuff's getting, uh, pretty silly, a little too silly for my liking. Uh, I don't want it at my meat. Um, uh, if you, if you don't stop, then you're uninvited. And it was pretty much just like, uh, to, to be completely honest here, I wasn't going to win the showdown. I know this. I'm a rap squatter and John Hack is going who weighs, 50 pounds less than me will out Wilkes the fuck out of me. So it's like, I, I don't really care to go. It's not like, Oh fuck, I'm going to lose, you know, the, you know, if, if they were kicking John hack out, he'd be like, Oh fuck, I should probably stop. I'm going to lose out on the cash. But for me, it's like, I don't care. Like I, I knew I wasn't going to win anyways. Um, and that's just because it's, that's, that's not my game. Um, so I was like, fuck it. Like this is, this is a lot more fun. Um, and to be honest, making me more money because the, the more traction that I do get, um, the more people that, you know, see me and see my, uh, like program and things like that. So it's like, why, why would I stop? Um, and then also just the whole part of like, you can't tell me what to do. It has nothing to do with the meat and then to tell me that I can't and then go and look and find, cause at first I thought that breath belt was a sponsor and that was why. So I was like, okay, maybe that's why Breath Belt's upset. But then I went and looked, and Joe Sullivan himself was a sponsor of the meet. So I was like, oh, fuck this. Like, I don't want to compete in this meet anyways. You got a, one of the athletes who's competing sponsoring the meet. 
and then, you know, having another athlete kicked out because they didn't like the things that that athlete had to say. It's like, whatever. Like, I'll, there's plenty of meets. It's not like I was missing out on much anyways. And then I, uh, from what I've heard, a lot of the – not because of what happened to me, but just in general, a lot of the USAPL guys who were coming over um, because, I guess, Raw National – or what, not Raw Nationals, Worlds was moved to Sweden. Yeah. They're no longer doing it. So it, it's no longer the big spectacle – that it was going to be three months ago where you had every single, you know, you got rap squatters, you got raw squatters, you got USAPL guys. That, that's just not the meat that it is anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's, it was kind of like, whatever, I'll just, I'll just back out, find a new meat, do whatever I want to do. Cause I'm not really a big fan of being told what to do. Yeah. I mean, from just a fan's perspective, when I saw that, that's where I think, that's where I think I got upset was seeing someone disinvited from a meet because they shit talked. They're talking yeah. shit, and that's something. I mean, I, like people will debate back and forth on that if that's what powerlifting needs or not. Um, I don't mind it when I see it's genuine. Like if it's genuine, like okay, this is now interesting, and people are going to tune in a little bit more. But disinviting a lifter for that, I was not a fan of because. They speak so much on like growing the sport, getting more popularity, uh, powerlifting, getting more people involved, and wanting the smoke. Right, like that's what a lot of these lifters say. They want the smoke, and then it, it's bought to them, and it then like okay, well, I'm going to use my power card here and potentially get this guy kicked out of the meet. Um, don't know exactly how it transpired if that was the case or not, but that was was most disappointing to me. And I think I saw, um, I think Jessica Butner commented oh, I, on I, I, I hated <laughs> that comment so fucking much i hated it i was so upset at it like i was like well what do you expect you shit on one of the sponsors uh that's hosting the meet or one of the sponsors of this big meet like whoa no 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 that doesn't give you the okay to kick someone out of the meet imagine if that happened in other professional sports where yeah. if another athlete was like i think nike fucking sucks i don't like the <laughs> shoes also i think what they do is bullshit i think they're I think they're I think they're ripping off their consumers by what they say. I think their their business practices are not great. They're immoral, and then Nike just kicks you out of the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you upset one of the sponsors. Like, no, Jessica, this this isn't how it should work. This should not be the norm. Like, we, if you're a competitive powerlifter, you should be like, I should have the freedom to talk shit about anyone I want, any sponsor I want, without being potentially blackballed from competing in the sports that's that, that's bullshit to me did you see my response to her yeah i did you went in on canada <laughs> a little bit too hard there <laughs> you think i was a little bit too harsh <laughs> well we we have we have a good relationship with canada so uh of canada on uh two white lights but uh, no i don't think it was too harsh at all i mean it was it was again it, it, it it's to the nose to your uh persona um <laughs> that's a Canadian way. She was very friendly in her response back to yeah, you. Like you just insulted her entire country, and she's like, "Well, I'm like, okay, I guess that's that's the Canadian way, being very friendly." Well, to be fair, like half of what I uh, like made the point of in that video was that I am American. I pay my taxes and I abide by the law, and I can say whatever I want. So for a Canadian to come up in here telling me what I can and can't do, it's like. No, stop it. Absolutely not. Not not in my country. Um, 
<laughs> but no, I was just having fun with that. But whenever I saw, I actually saw it like two days late. Like uh, I think someone responded to her for me first. I saw it and I was like, oh shit, this was two days ago. I missed out. But I still decided, I still decided to respond anyways, just because why not? Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was, a, I was very shocked, especially considering that I, I have met the, the guy who, you know, messaged me that and he was really nice. And I, I've helped a couple of his athletes out with, um, with their hook grip. Um, and so then to have him like come and like tell me, you know, I can't do it. It's like, why? Like, I'm not. If anything, I'm bringing more eyes to it. You know, look at how many people watch the WWE. It's fake as shit, but it is literally just a soap opera for men. Like, that's all it is. It is a soap opera for men. That's what the sport needs. I mean, we, like, the WRPF now is talking about having two professional athletes. Um, like, they're going to do, like, uh, or I guess four total. Like, uh, two men, two women. And it's going to be, like, the winners of the Kern, men and women, and then the winners of the showdown, men and women. But that's, you know, I, there, there's way more divisions than you're going to have four professionals in powerlifting whenever, you know, there's countless federations, um, you know, and countless. I mean, because I would argue that whoever wins the, um, you know, whoever wins the showdown or the current is probably much less of a professional athlete than Russ is. I mean, I... I think that Russ is much more of a professional athlete. He, uh, he owns his own gym. He has his own brand. Like, you know, he, he is a much larger entity in powerlifting, but he's not going to be considered a professional athlete in that federation, which, you know, it's, it's dumb to me. Um, so, but to, to get more professional athletes in the sport, you need to have more eyes. You need to have more money. You need to have more newcomers. Because no one really wants to join a sport where there's no money. Um, that's why kids want to grow up to be football or NBA players, because they see it on TV. They see the lifestyle that they live. It, and that's just not powerlifting. And you won't have powerlifting like that unless you have something, some, some persona to the sport. Because as of right now, it's pretty much just lifting. Like, there is, there is no big rivalries. There's nothing really to, you know, bring new eyes, you know, it, it's easy to just watch someone do a, you know, five second lift and then just keep scrolling. But, you know, if you have some like actual backstory, something interesting, um, then people watch. I mean, I went from having about a thousand people watch my stories to now 5,000 because people are interested in what I'm saying because it, you know, I'm, uh, it, is it the best way to do it to talk shit? No, but is it, is it the most effective? Absolutely. Like, Everyone loves controversy. Everyone loves drama. So why why deny that from the sport? Like, that doesn't make sense. It's also genuine, too. That's the yeah. thing where I sets it apart, where I see some people try to create that persona as not genuine. This is genuine because everyone listening to my lights, these discussions happen a lot in powerlifting. We do talk shit with each other about certain things or certain lifters. And... When someone actually does it on their story, it's it's not an act that they're trying to play. This is kind of what we do, um, because this is what co- competitors do. It, believe it or not, that's what's going on in some inner circles. So, like, when you say that you think the breath belt sucks, I guarantee you a lot of other powerlifters have thought the breath belt sucks. I have no yeah. fucking idea 
with where I'm going to let you and Steve maybe get because uh, maybe actually you know what let's do it right now educate me on breath belt because I see these memes being created and I'm like I have no idea what this thing does and then I think I started to know a little bit more about it after the memes that uh, you were making there Derek so uh, yeah uh, crack an egg and knowledge on me what's going on here so basically I I, I went and looked um, at the breath belt like you know, the, the page um, that was on, I think it's, uh, I didn't actually look at their page. It, the place that it directed me to first was uh, the Kabuki Strength website. And I was just reading through it, and it was just all pseudoscience. Like, you know, just a bunch of different terminologies that are, um, they don't really mean anything. Um, and actually, the first thing I ever said about it was like two weeks ago, and I was just uh, driving in my car, and I was pissed off because someone asked me, they're like, so how do you feel about the breath boat? And they sent it to me. Um, and I got on my story and I was like, you know, it's funny that in a culture of lifters who makes fun of people for wearing waist trainers, they go out and spend $160 on one because um, some charlatan told them it would help them brace better. That was what I originally said. Um, and this was like weeks ago, but it didn't really start anything um, until I put it like on the, on the story or not on the story, on the, on the actual feed. Basically, it is a, uh, it's just an elastic waist trainer. Um, you know, it, on there, it says that it's like a, a rubberized material that, you know, um, it pushes against your abs so that it makes them activate. But your abs aren't off. Like, you know, like it, it is it is a placebo effect. It It's like, there's something pushing against me, so now I'm going to push back. Well, you could just use your regular belt the same way. You know, there's something pushing against you, so now I'm going to push back. Except now, with the breath belt, it is a false sense of security. You feel like, oh, someone's pushing against me, I'm going to push against it. Except it's not rigid. It It's made out of elastic, so you can push against it, but you're not going to get nearly as strong of a, like, you know, brace as you would if you were using a real belt. Do I think it's a bad training tool for beginners? No. Do I think that it is marketed as something that it's not and extremely overpriced? Yes, because you could get the same thing out of like one of those uh, neoprene Cerberus belts that's like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, maybe. You could literally get the same thing at Academy for like $23. I was actually given one at one point whenever I was working for um, I was working for a moving company uh, and they gave me this and they're like, here this is a back saver. And that's literally what it was. It was a like elastic rubberized, like, you know, just waist trainer. Uh, and it's just so that you have something against your stomach so that you feel the need to push outwards against it. It, it is not a useless tool when it's $20. It is a useless tool when it's 160 and it's said to be godsend and that it's like, you know, the latest and greatest. I mean, they're not trademarked. They're not trademarks because it's not new. You know, if it was some new and, you know, uh, innovative thing, then they would have trademarked it because they would have been the first ones to do it. Um, but they're not because they didn't and it isn't. That is that is my beef with it. My beef with it is, um, you know, taking, taking advantage of newbie lifters who are looking up to um, other, um, you know, elite athletes and being like, wow, he said I need that. He's really strong. I must need it to get strong too. Whenever in reality, if you want to get better at bracing, 
for competitive lifting, you should probably use the gear that you're, you're, you're you should probably use the gear that you're going to use in that competition. If you want to get better using your belt, use your belt more. And I think that was one of the original things I said several weeks ago that it was like, why, why would you warm up beltless all the way up to like 90%, like a lot of people do and be like, Oh yeah, whenever I put my belt on my top set moves way better. It's like, well, you know, you could have made all of your sets look way better if you wore your belt the whole time. And then you ingrain that movement pattern. Cause now you got 80% of your work that looks like shit. And you got like 20% of your work that looks good. So you've got a lot more shitty work than you do, you know, good work. So that that's my beef with it. Just, uh, you know, taking advantage of people who aren't aware that there's better ways and much cheaper ways to do it. Um, and then I also think it, it does hurt a lot of uh, a lot of people who don't know because they get confident with this feeling of security whenever it's really not there. You know, it, you, you shouldn't be going up to 90 percent with, you know, just uh like breath belt on thinking that it is a replacement for a regular belt. It's going to end in, it's going to end in disaster because it's a false sense of security. That's my beef with it. And since you didn't know, but yeah. mostly, mostly the fact that it is $160, whenever, I, if I would have found out that it was 89 bucks, I probably would have let it go. I'd be like, you know, fuck it. It's as much as the pioneer belt. Cool. But since it was like almost twice as much as a pioneer belt, an actual lifting belt, I was like, man, fuck that. <laughs> it was it was because it was too rich for my blood that I was so angry. It, it was honestly the price. Like, if if it had been more reasonably priced, I would have been like, oh, whatever. Uh, you know, make your money. Do what you want. But whenever it was so expensive, it just made me angry because I'm so cheap. I don't even think you're cheap. I mean, kudos to them for genius marketing. I have to give them a round of applause for being genius. Yeah, good job. So many gimmick products we see. Um, you can sell this this five dollar belt that you got made in China for 160 bucks, but I think the reason you blew up is because probably 90 percent plus of powerlifters were thinking the same thing you were. I know I was. I mean, I think it's the biggest joke, and I would never have anyone get a breath belt. I think there is. I, I got a free YouTube video. Plug myself. 20 minutes. How to brace on low bar squats. Go watch that. It's completely free. I also thought about starting to charge 30 minute Zoom calls for 160 bucks, and I'll teach you how to brace without a belt, without a breath belt. <laughs> I thought that might be a good thing. But, yes, I think – I mean, I think probably the reason you got a lot of tracks is not only are you incredibly entertaining and it was a fun little back-and-forth drama, I think 90% plus of people 100% agree with you. And we've seen a lot of memes pop up since then because of that. Like, it's yeah. – I mean, people think this is – this belt's a joke. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a very small percentage of people tell me that I was wrong and a very large percentage of people say thank you, uh, you know, like, for calling this out. I've always thought that it was bullshit. So, um, and then I went on like a whole, like acting like I was, uh, you know, Robin Hood for the people, you know, just because I thought it was funny and acting like I did it for, um, them and, you know, to, you know, save the community from these swindlers, but partially it was, but in reality, I was just so annoyed that it was $160 because I'm so cheap and seeing that I was like, there's no way. Absolutely ridiculous. You get a, a fully customizable belt, you know, all the bells and whistles, you know, your own design and this like a $9, I think I was told that it cost $9 to make that this $9 waist trainer was being sold for 160. It, it, a lot of the reason why I went after it too, was because I, I got a ton of information from Joe Sullivan back in the day. I like last summer, I mean, he was putting out great content. I mean, he used to do stuff with elite FTS, amazing content. 
And then all that went right out the window whenever he got with Breath Belt, which, I mean, we all got to make a living. So, you know, if he's making his living doing that, good for him. But you can't expect someone not to say anything about it. You know, if you're going to make that switch, you got to be prepared for someone to, you know, call you out on it, which that person was me. Yeah, yeah, I think there's similar products too. For 20 bucks, you can get a squat plug, and that helps increase intradominal pressure too and helps to make sure that you don't let out any air that's unneeded. So I usually, if I'm going to go breath belt or squat plug, I'm usually going to recommend people go the squat plug route um, because it's actually universally. It can be used in the bedroom. It can be used in the gym. A lot of different tools. See, since you know, so the breath belt, I had no idea. The squat plug, I know everything about. So, oh, you so, know everything about the squat. Plug. Yeah, squat. No, I I, wears one during the recording. It just it really helps him to be able to, to keep good tone and and, and project well. Airport <laughs> podcasting, uh, driving, all 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 squat plugged. All squat plugged. All plugged up. I haven't tried one out, but I, I guess I'll have to. Um, <laughs> man, on to another topic. I don't know. Uh, fuck, I don't even know his name. Call a kid who calls himself the French Phenom. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's Nabil. Nabil? Nabil? Yeah. Nabil? Oh, my God. So I made that meme about him the other day where he was, like, pulling 725 in the gym and then called himself the, like, strongest 22-year-old deadlifter. And I was like, oh, no, absolutely not. If you would have said pound for pound, I would have let it slide. But you, you called yourself the strongest. So I was like, absolutely not. So then, you know, I, I added myself in there deadlifting, like, more than him. And then he came, this was on TikTok though. This wasn't on Instagram because I, I put it on TikTok first. And uh, he came back at me, you know, telling me how he was the only person doing this. And I was like, well, and like, uh, and how pound for pound he's stronger than me, this and that. I was like, well, first off, that's just not true. You're Wilkes. I went and looked it up because I'm always pulling out the facts or not Wilkes, his dots was like 500. I was like, I out dots you by 100 points. Absolutely not. Not pound for pound stronger. He was like, on deadlift, I am. And I was like, well, I hold the world, uh, the junior world record, because we're both juniors. I was like, well, I hold the junior world record. You don't. And then he was like, well, I'm about to. Well, he didn't. He was talking all this hot shit. And he was like, I don't want to say anything too early because I haven't done it yet. But I'm the only guy out here doing this. Well, called himself a phenom on the platform after he took his opener as his third. There is nothing phenomenal about missing two squats (laughs) and getting your bare minimum. Nothing phenomenal. Said, I'm a fucking phenom. Sir, no, you're not. You barely squeaked by. You barely made it out alive. And, <laughs> and then he went He went on to, to hit what he normally hits, 660, which is what I told him. He re- like I think he hit like 672. And that was like what it said in the video. I was like, uh, no, sir, absolutely not. Your best comp lift is 672. And that's what he hit again. And then he uh, failed 700 and then didn't even break it off the floor on the third. And, like, this man was so hyped up that he yelled, I'm a fucking phenom, after hitting his opener, but then couldn't get hyped couldn't get hyped up enough to hit 700? Absolutely not. Where is this hype going? Where'd it go? Yeah. <laughs> I, man, he's, you know, I will say he is, he's a very good kid. He's a kid to me. Like, he that's is, the thing. But he he is, is older than me, so he doesn't yeah. get to act like that. Exactly. Not, yeah. He does not have me call him out. Exactly. Well, considering all this happened on TikTok, that's like way above what I'm understanding. Because that's like TikTok is that that's how I know I'm old is uh, because I'm not on TikTok and seeing all the all the things that go on on it. But yeah, I saw that. I saw the video you did. I like 
I mean, again, you're 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 saying what a lot of powerlifters think because I think with that certain lifter, if he just takes that fucking internet persona and takes this idea that he wants to be this type of deadlifter, which if your goal in powerlifting is to be a deadlift specialist, stop powerlifting. Just stop. I I, I don't like. I be please be a well-rounded powerlifter because what he needs to do, which I've said before, is like, dude, you got to be better with your training and get better at your other lifts. I don't want to see someone become another deadlift specialist and put all these numbers in the gym, become this prominent powerlifter because they're good at one lift and really at the time really only good at hitting in the gym. When it comes to the platform, it's a, it's a completely different story. That's why I went after it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And the, that's, 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 that's what I mean. It's like when you, when you see someone do it, and then you actually get some like uh, some sort of like, oh, thank you for saying this. It's because other people were thinking it. And this is the case. But people don't want to stir the pot because, you know, for, for me, I have all these opinions. And I do a lot of them out there and I do piss off a lot of people in the process. But then when you see something like the breath belt or a certain lifter that you don't agree with, it's like, okay, how much, like, do you really, do you have the time today to like get into this little fucking altercation with either them and then their entire fan base and all that kind of stuff, and you got the time for sure. Sometimes I have the time, but yeah, with this particular lifter, when I see him lift, I'm like, has potential to be a good lifter, young, uh, great deadlift, needs to hit depth on his squats, in training, needs to hit depth on his squats, very, very close for bombing out of that meet, which would have been bad. Anytime you bomb out on squats, it's bad. And And he got disqualified from that meet for screaming, I am a fucking phenom. I would have disqualified him, not for cussing, but by screaming, I'm a fucking phenom, when you <laughs> just hit a third squat that was your opener. I would have disqualified you for that, because don't do that, dude. You're young. What we said on Two White Ladies before, full of piss and vinegar. And when you're full of piss and vinegar, you do dumb things, and that is a dumb thing in my book. And he's got to live to a comp standard. He's got to stop focusing on the deadlift only. And that's my critique of powerlifting, really. Like... These people that we look at now as being these great, like, people really do look at certain, like, oh, he's a great lifter. He's a he's a legend, quote-unquote. Like, they use that word a lot. He's a legend. Like, I don't, I'm not going to put so much uh, so much of this uh, credit on gym lifts. And that's what it is. We're, we're putting credit yeah. on gym lifts. Yeah, I, it, I didn't care. I don't, like, he, he's got a great deadlift. But he called himself the strongest, <laughs> and I couldn't let it slide. Because it wasn't true. And there are people that are stronger than me. Um, I think uh, Dylan Hellriegel, um, he pulled like 903 and squatted 1,000 pounds at 21 or like 22. You got uh, Kayla Woolham, who was, I think he was like 22 or 23. And he was pulling like upwards of 900. I am not the strongest, but I'm not going around claiming I am either. So that's why I had to check him. And then that, and then he started like, telling me that he was the best, telling me that he was a phenom. And then I was like, oh, no, absolutely not. So then whenever I saw that uh, he said that on the platform, I was like, wow, you are ridiculous. You <laughs> you took your opener as a third. He planned the fuck out of that. He, he hyped himself up before he went on the platform. He said, I'm going to hit this, and I'm going to call myself a fucking phenom, which is clown behavior. That was your opener, sir. Like, <laughs> if it would have been your third, and it was like, some good shit. Like, if you would have said it after he broke the all-time world record deadlift. Okay, you're a fucking phenom. You broke the all-time world. You have an all-time world record. Good shit, man. 
but to do it on your opener that you were taking for a third? No, absolutely not. Not not phenom status. Not not applicable to you right now. Yeah, it was a very uh, it was a very cringe moment in powerlifting, and uh, like that's we all we all and again we all thought it. I mean, and if people if people think that we're not having these conversations with each other, we are. Like you, you pass it around to your friends, being like, you see this video of this guy just called himself a fucking phenom after taking his third five hundred squat uh, squat attempt, and you look at it like, well, that's fucking kind of embarrassing, huh? And then you just kind of go about your day. Like, you just kind of go about it. And, like, it ranges from very good lifters to beginner lifters. People like – some people like it. Some people don't. But, yeah, like, you're, you're not you're not wrong in the sense that a lot of people, like, did a, did a fucking uh, eye roll. Like, a collective eye roll when they saw that. Yeah. I mean, it, I would say that he seems like a good kid. Oh, yeah. Very nice kid. He does. He does message me a lot. Very, very nice kid. But I've I've commented on his things before, being like, "You got to train smarter, dude." Yeah. Let's fucking do well, it. Yeah. Also, like, I'll see him like go in there and um, like he'll miss a deadlift. Two days later, go like hit a heavier deadlift and be like, "Yeah, like you know." It, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, if you want, like, if you truly want to be an all-time world record holder, stop doing this stupid shit. Like. You make powerlifting look bad. Like, because then people who look up to him think that that's what they should do. And I'm not going to lie. I used to do that stupid shit. Like, because I've only been in powerlifting a year. Two years ago, I was deadlifting three times a week. I I hardly ever squatted, like, um, which is surprising. Um, but I hardly ever squatted. I, I deadlifted all the fucking time, and I did a shit ton of hack squat. That was what I did, just because that... I honestly didn't know how to squat very well, so I didn't like squatting. You know, just worked out more like a bodybuilder. But I wasn't, like, broadcasting that to a large audience of beginner lifters and claiming to myself to be a power lifter because then you have a bunch of kids running around looking up to this kid who think that that's the way to do it. And that's a really good way to get hurt. You know, just missing a lift two days later, let's go up. Like, that's a good way to get hurt. I mean, me and him are both young, so it's, you know, not not as prevalent for us, but to other people it is. Um, and, he, you know, he's got impeccable form, but if you got some kid looking up to him with trash form and misses a lift and they're like, oh, well, he did it, I'm going to go try it, then, it you know, it's probably going to go a lot worse for the kid that doesn't have the great deadlift form. It started off as just a joke, but now I'm just kind of like, man, fuck that kid. And it's, <laughs> And I keep calling him a kid. He's older than me. Fuck that grown man. <laughs> well, I'm going to segue this a touch. I want to talk a little bit more about you and your lifting. Because I, I don't know a ton. I mean, honestly, I, I kind of seen some stuff about you. And then I got, uh, I became a huge fan after I saw you trolling the breath belt. And then I realized, holy cow, you're a phenom. You don't say it on the platform after your third attempt spot. But like, also, freaking- you can't give yourself nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> Pug yeah, found that out the hard way, uh, and this guy is finding himself the other uh, hard way too. You can't do it. But, but you're strong as you're strong as crap, and you're on a trajectory. It seems like to do some insane things. So I don't know. Just get, get. I just want a little bit more background about kind of uh, your background. Of kind of, you said you've only been powerlifting for a year. Kind of what got you here, and what are your goals? Because, um, well, I, I would really like to be the first person to squat and deadlift a thousand pounds. That is that is the end goal. Um, 
And to be honest, uh, I only started powerlifting because I was good at it. I was working out. Like I said, I was, uh, I was deadlifting like three times a week. Um, COVID shut down the gyms. I was training in a garage. Um, and one of the guys at the garage showed me the Texas state records at the time. He was like, you just took the Texas state record for like a triple. Um, and I was like, Oh shit. And they showed me the national record and it was like 20 pounds more than what I had just tripled. So I was like, okay, like, you know, maybe I will do powerlifting. Cause I had this, uh, not gonna lie. I had this bizarre vision of powerlifting that was put in my brain by bro science that all powerlifters are Asian and that they're way stronger than me. Those were the, those were the two perceptions that I had about powerlifting. The funny, the funny um, thing is my perception of powerlifting was almost the exact opposite. All powerlifters really? are from Ohio and they're all <laughs> much bigger than me, but still very much stronger than me. So that's why I didn't yeah. do it in powerlifting. I'm like, I'm not a 300 pound man from Ohio with a lot of tattoos. <laughs> I can't do this. See, I thought it was the opposite. I thought <laughs> they were all like 150 pounds and deadlifted like 800 plus. This is back whenever I, uh, I was pulling um, like low 700s. Um, I think I, I think the state record was like 716. Wait, no, uh, no, it was like uh, six six ninety four something like that, and I I took seven hundred for a triple. So yeah, once I was shown that, I was like, oh shit, who doesn't want to take records? But before that, I thought that uh, you know that all powerlifters were much stronger than me. I was and always will be on the quest to be three fifteen. You know, I, that's always what I mean. I I grew up watching like you know Cali Muscle, CT Fletcher, more of those kind of guys. Uh, so. You know, a lot of and Eric Bugenhagen, um, he was the the last idol that I had before I really got into powerlifting. But um, yeah, so that's that's what got me into it was I found out that I would be good at it, and then um, I won my first meet, and that's whenever I got hooked because I really like winning, and whenever I like just you know whenever I won and felt that feeling, you know, I was like, oh shit, I really like this, um, and then I started chasing down records and broke broke the texas ones and then uh as i started to like climb higher i'm not gonna lie it helps a lot that it happens so quickly because if we're going to be completely honest i don't like training like a power lifter very much i much enjoy training like a bodybuilder if we're gonna be honest if i were to have done my first competition and then done my second competition and those totals not have been very different probably wouldn't have stuck as a powerlifter. I probably would have just been like, you know what, I'm going to go back to bodybuilding and, you know, if I get stronger, come back and do this. But considering, like, my first total was, like, 1854, I think, 1854, 1852 sleeves. And then my second one was 2136, I think, yeah, 2136. You know, a 300-pound jump in six months encouraged me to continue. If we're being honest, I... I want to take down Yuri Belkin, and then I will probably go to bodybuilding for a little bit. I'll probably pull Ben Pollock um, just because powerlifting can be so boring. And I tell people this all the time because a lot of people, you know, ask me, um, like whenever I do those, ask me anything. It's like, I want to start being a powerlifter or I want to get into powerlifting. What should I do? And I always tell them, go be a bodybuilder um, just because I believe that there is nothing to peak if you haven't been working out and don't have muscle mass, um, you're USAPL. So I'm sure you disagree with me slightly about how training should be done because I'm sure you do a lot more SBD than I do. 
because um, currently I do pretty much none. I mean, also my, I mean, prep for uh, for this recent nationals, I didn't do one SBD day. So no, I, I mean, I mean, like during the week. Like, oh, during I the week. Oh, okay. I don't. I the only <laughs> one I have is bench. Well, what I you don't do? Have. Well, you do say brings up a good point, though. I think the best base for powerlifters is bodybuilding. If you see, even in the USAPL, for um, I always tell look people, at he's he's Jack. Look at Ashton Ruska. Yeah. They're Jack. I'm like, go I, look, go look at the national champions and tell me if they're jacked or not. Tell me how yeah, their body I, composition. I mean, Taylor Atwood looks small, but the dude is jacked. He's put together. He's dumbbell yeah. pressing 100 pounds for reps. So that means he had a good base there. So you go through the line, Atwood or I mean Daniel Clements. He's jacked as fuck too, and he's 66. Yeah. And then the guy before him, Charles Apoco, he was like the most aesthetically built human being, like lightweight guys I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, if you guys want like just specializing in powerlifting is not the route to go. All of us have either our background in bodybuilding and or the flip side, all of us put a huge emphasis on hypertrophy training when we yeah, look. I, I mean, I, uh, I used to work out at Alphalete. Because I, I live like nine minutes from Alphalete. At the same time, Russ did. Like, you know, me and Russ were, uh, we didn't train together, of course, because this is back whenever I was uh, bodybuilding and quote unquote bodybuilding. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen Russ work out. Uh, he works out hard. He works out, he does not do SBD every day. He, I'd see him squat or bench or deadlift and then head straight to the dumbbells or to the machine. I, from what I remember, I mean, this was coming up on two years ago, honestly. But I don't think I ever really saw Russ do like squat and then Larson press in the same day. Um, like I, I don't, I don't remember him doing that. Um, if and if he did, it was dumbbell bench. Yeah. Like he would squat and then go do dumbbells, which is a. It's not. I don't like working out like that, where you do like squat and then upper accessories. It is really good for recovery, but it's not the way I like to work out. Um, I. You know, I like to split my upper and lower. I have my push and pull together, but I like to split upper and lower. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I think that's a, a big mistake that a lot of people make, and it's because powerlifting is becoming so trendy. It's, you know, a lot of people become powerlifters just to be a powerlifter, not because they really want to get stronger, not because they really want to get bigger. And it shows because they don't look jacked. You know, you, you don't see them doing their accessories. They take – 15 minutes in between each squat set, each bench set. Like, you know, they're they're just there because it is a trendy thing to do. I mean, to each their own. I mean, if you want to do that, go ahead. But it's not what not what I do, and it's not the, you know, the way that I like to work out or envision um, powerlifting. But Russ, his posts after Nationals were absolutely fucking hilarious. That man went in on um, Sean Noriega, and I was dying. It was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, that was, oh man, I was dying. Talk about, I don't even, you might not even know this. We'll talk about being a good sport that people can take a joke and like, okay, you lost. Take it out. I coached Sean. I don't know if you know that. Oh no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I coached well, Sean. Well, he was wearing a Nori sheet. I mean, yeah, uh, a Nori. I'm wearing a Nori shirt right now. <laughs> Small letter. I take. I take no offense. I mean, we took an L. Candido took maybe even more of an L, but we took an L. Russ won. Have fun with it. Yeah, I'm. Right. All, I'm all for it. It's not like he was disrespectful. He was slightly disrespectful, but he didn't attack 
Sean's personality. You know, he didn't attack, you know, he didn't really attack like his appearance or anything. You know, it's just, it's the sport. You attack through the sport, which in my opinion is completely fine. You know, if it would have gone the other way, um, then, you know, I would have expected nothing less than for Sean to talk shit to Russ, you know, it, um, as long as it's not malicious and like, you know, saying like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, kick your ass, which is funny. Cause then I did have a guy who tried to get into beef with me, um, the other day named, uh, Charles Vogel, um, <laughs> hey. a, a local bum, but hey. yeah. he, he was actually threatening to kick my ass and he's like five, six. I mean, I'm not saying that it matters, <laughs> but it, it's like, Charles, stop. I'm not going to fight you. Like, that's not what this is about. Yeah. Like, I, the contradiction is there because even with the whole two white lights thing and Joe Sullivan, um, because like, again, it was bought up when they renounced the showdown roster, uh, that Briani, uh, Briani was competing along with other female competitors. And she mentioned two white lights, you know, is this enough female competitors for you to acknowledge how great they are? And I was like, okay, that's fair. Like, that's actually a good thing. I'll, I'll uh, respond to it. I won't ignore anything, but, uh, you know, I responded, I think, a little bit too respectfully. And then get, like, the, the actual, like, you know, the, the it didn't have the same effect. And they were hoping I would be a smartass again, and I wasn't. So then other people, you know, on Instagram works, other people start chiming in. Joe Sullivan chimes in. Uh, one of his athletes chimes in, too. And I'm like, hey, I said what I said. I'm like, I'm not I'm not going to continue to feed this. I'm like, it was, yeah. I, I'm like, I don't care. You guys are, you guys are putting two white lights also in a comment section for a big post. People are going to see that. They're going to click on two white lights. We're going to see where it bounces. So I'm cool with that. But then what happens is fans from two white lights start to chime in. So then it's a back and forth. And then Joe Sullivan, I mean, Joe Sullivan's comment, he contradicted himself like within the thing. It turned into like, you know, you guys wouldn't say this if I was around, implying that he would get into a, like a confrontation if he ever seen these people. Like, I bet you guys wouldn't say this to my face if I was I was by you. And like, wait, are you threatening to fight like these nineteen year old idiots who are just trying to like get a little thing? Like, like it, it when it turns into that, I'm like, all right, you probably just lost it. I agree. And it's also pathetic at times when you start like, I I don't like when people are like, oh, I'm gonna kick your ass when I see you. Russ definitely went in on Candido, which that was probably like the most entertaining aspect for me. Uh, was just him going in on Candido and just that post itself. He was on Two White Lights, you know, talking to shit about it, which I really liked and I appreciated. And really, Candido was like, yeah, kind of deserved it. And I talked to him at Nationals while it happened. He's like, all right, took the L, got got, got the uh, – but that's the thing. It's, it's, it's friendly in a competitive sense, you know, where people's people do take shit personally, which is totally fine. But they're also taking it and knowing exactly what they did wrong – or what they did, and they knew, like, Candido knew, he's a smart, smart guy, he knew he makes that post, he's like, if Sean doesn't beat Russ, I'm gonna fucking get a lot of shit for this. He yeah. knew that, so when I saw him in Nationals, I, he had the face of a guy who knew he was about to get made fun of. Well, I was gonna say earlier, is that there is nothing more rewarding than seeing your followers fight for you in your comments. Um, and this is like, you know, because, I mean, they say some things that I would never say just because it's totally off topic, not, not relating to powerlifting at all. Um, but you know, it's funny. Well, I've got something for you to lead off of kind of talking about you a little bit. I mean, 
obviously you're crazy strong. You compete untested, but one of the most amazing things about you is you're a lifetime natty. Probably. (laughs) Dude, I I had that in my bio for so long before anyone caught on to it. Um, I don't know if y'all know who Petrie is, Brandon Petrie. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 uh, So, you know, he's in, he's down here in uh, Houston too. And he posted me on my, or on his story a couple months ago. And he was like, he was like, I fucking hate you. And I was like, what? And he was like, I keep having my lifters DM me my story and be like, is he actually natty? And it, I mean, it's been in there for forever. I don't remember what actually brought it like to the, you know, like to become like my saying or my meme. It, it had to be one of the AMAs um, where people asked me like if I was natty, this or that. And I would say probably, but I actually made a shirt that says lifetime natty, like on the front, like kind of like where you're a, uh, uh, nori patches and on the back it says dot 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 probably um but was your question going to be am i actually natty <laughs> no i mean just i'm just i'm just pulling the fun at the phrase because i liked it a lot it worked well, in this it worked in the same sense where i put in my bio tall power lifter question mark yeah where that people I mean, are like are you actually tall i'm like it's a question tall power lifter yeah. i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know if it, I, I think it's just your personality but like like you said you kind of rose to fame a little bit in the last week and the way you market yourself, the lifetime natty probably with your memes, with just your general personality. It's just, it, it's, a, it's, it's fun to watch. Like you said, it, powerlifting can be boring, but like um, you're unbelievably entertaining and just the little things like lifetime natty probably just kind of got me hooked on, hooked, hooked on the, the death grip Derek train. Man, I, I've had this sense of humor for so long where I just blatantly lie <laughs> and I find it hilarious because that's all I'm doing. I'm doing things for my own enjoyment. Um, you know, I I go to work every day. I you know I got a fiance. Like this is a, a lot of people who do get offended is because you know coaching or um, you know Instagram is their basis of life. Like you know this is where they make their money. This is where they market themselves. Um, this and that, so they don't really like it whenever I come after them. That's one of the things Joe Sullivan said. He was like, yeah, you come after my money. It's like, well, then you probably shouldn't have based your money upon social media because um, I don't. Uh, you know, that's why I can do all these things, and, you know, it doesn't affect my regular life. I turn off my phone, and, you know, it's like it's not happening. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it. it's a lot of fun, especially because – uh, my followers just keep feeding into it and like commenting on other people's posts, like, uh, you know, probably and responding to everything I say with probably like it, it's really funny to me, especially whenever, you know, it's, uh, just a, a blatant lie. And then, you know, I got a bunch of people, uh, like agreeing with me and believing me. I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of fun for me. Um, it, it has been, oh, that, that's what I was going to talk about. Uh, that, uh, like we were, we were talking about uh, how like like malicious uh, like going after someone um, for more than just powerlifting, and I did do that um, with the guy who I took the number two spot from, Jason, and I apologized for it because he DM'd me. And he was like, "Hey man, like I don't want beef with you, this and that." And like we went back and forth, and I was talking to him about how like the sport needs it. Like, no, I'm not faking it. Like I, I actually do like you know feel the way I feel about things I say. But his point was like, oh, that's not what I like to do. Like, I just want to lift this and that. It's like, well, you were number two in the world and you had less than 5,000 followers. Yuri Belkin doesn't speak goddamn English. Like, there's no, there's no eyes being brought to the 242 
Um, but I, I, I was too harsh on Jason and like, I, I, uh, took back the things I said. Um, uh, but Charles's memes were, he reposted what started was he reposted Charles memes. Charles's memes were fucking ass. They were not funny at all. They were poorly done at no creativity in those memes, but that's what I was going to say. And then I get the, the rise of like my following in the last week, um, was, Man, it has been a ton of fun, especially because of how much interaction I've been getting with my followers, Um, because, you know, a lot of people have a large following, but they don't have interaction with their followers. I've somehow created this mob mentality of followers that just like swarms with me and attacks whoever (laughs) I've decided to go after that day. And it's a lot of fun to watch. And then they also half of the memes, uh, not the ones on my on my uh, on my page, but the ones on my story half of those are like sent to me by followers. So like they, they're funnier than I am because they have been like just turning them out. And I haven't even posted all of them yet. Cause I didn't want to post like 20 in one day, but you know, I'll post more uh, as time goes on. But um, I, I, I love my fan base right now because they, they're the most interactive and funny fan base um, that I could wish for. Uh, just, uh, it, it, it's been very strange because I, you know, I've never really had attention like this or power like this before. And I keep telling everyone they never should have gave me power. <laughs> I, I think one of the first memes I made was like, uh, you know, the, um, uh, fuck the Anakin and Padme meme, where it was like, I see, uh, um, I've recently gained a large, recently gained a large amount of followers. And she's like, you're going to use it to help the community, right? Yeah. And then, you know, um, not at all. <laughs> I was posting, um, you know, helpful things and, you know, I, I will post more, but it's so much more fun to, you know, just be a menace and talk a bunch of shit. And it seems like people enjoy it a lot more too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause everyone's informational shit and everyone's already done that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, and yeah, we like, it was penciled in to have you on two white lights at a point. I remember you did make a post once. like, I want to. I want yeah. to be on a powerlifting podcast. And somebody messaged me, like, have him on the podcast. I'm like, hey, guys, timing is everything. He will probably eventually come on the podcast. He seems like a character, a great lifter, but I just am not going to ask someone to come on the podcast just because. Like, we yeah, have to have something fair. to talk about. Then saw it this week. I'm like, well, he just forced it. I'm like, now we have something to talk about. We can actually dive deep in a whole lot of different topics uh, you have. And really, because uh, we're approaching the end portion of the show, want to do our word association. So we do this thing on Two White Lights called the word association. I give you a word, you give me the first word that comes to mind, or even a phrase or a few words. Uh, People get too caught up in one word. But, all right, let's start off with breath belt. Bum. Bum. Joe (laughs) Sullivan. Bum. (laughs) Um, Showdown meet. Four bumps. Uh, man, you, <laughs> I don't got a lot of comebacks here. <laughs> the first thing that most of most of what I think of nowadays is like calling people bumps. Okay, so it, it's, it's what's on the top of my head. All right, that's equivalent. I I I think your bum is my jabroni. I like saying jabroni instead. Oh, jabroni. Yeah, man. I had a girl, I had a uh, one of the girls that my um, coach used to coach. I guess she was from Florida. You're, are you from Florida too? No, I actually just moved to Houston. Oh, for real? Yeah, I'm from Chicago. Just moved to Houston yesterday. Oh, okay. Good yeah. shit, man. Uh, but she used to always say jabroni, and I, I figured maybe it was a Florida thing. And then 
Like, did you did you post pictures on the beach yesterday? Yeah, I did. I was yeah, yeah. I was just in Florida on a little vacation. Okay. So yeah, okay. Yeah, that's why I asked. Jabroni. People actually think it's an Italian thing, and it's not. Like Italians don't use the word jabroni. Um, it's real. First, it's the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik used to call people in wrestling jabronis if they were nothing. Then the Rock. Uh, yeah, use jabronis like religiously, and it's, it's a wrestling terminology as yeah. like you're a no one, you're a nothing, you're a jobber. Um, so I, you know, just using a power lifter. So I call people jabronis. <laughs> you call people bums, and people get it. I saw that from Rob Hall. I will, I will say that Rob, Rob made a T-shirt that said "Don't be an effing bum," and it's got like the Uncle Sam, but with his face on it. Nice. Um, but I, I will, I did steal bum from Rob Hall. He. He, uh, he once said on his story about someone else, he was like, uh, fuck, what'd he say? I don't, I don't eat with snakes and I don't share crumbs with bums, something like that. And I loved it. So I just started calling everyone bums. Then he made the bum t-shirt because I told him to do it for six months. But yeah, that's, that's where I got the bum from. Nice. That's stolen. Nice, nice. Oh yeah, everything is stolen. The good create and the great steal. That's, that's, uh, that's words I live by. All right. WRPF. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how about yeah? That's that's a good one. USPA. Walking out, having to walk shit out. Okay. Do you do you like that? No, I, I, I don't mind walking things out, but it makes it so much harder. And why would I put myself at like a disadvantage? Because um, if you look at or like, I guess I normally don't post the ones that um, like normally I get really lucky and on my top sets. I get my feet in the right spot, but normally what dictates if I have a good lift or not is like, if I get my feet right Mm -hmm. and really hard to get your feet right, um, on those platforms because you can't really turn your foot, uh, especially whenever you have wraps on and you can only really step diagonally instead of backwards. Um, and like you have, you know, 800 plus pounds on your back, your foot is kind of glued to the ground. So it's, it's much, I'm normally more nervous about the walkout and getting my feet right than I am about the actual weight of the squat, um, which is like, I, I like the USPA. I'd really like to do um, my sponsored depth for dishonors meet in December, but it's USPA. And um, just being honest, like I want to go for the all-time world record squat. And I think that it would be a lot easier out of a monolith just because I know I'd have my feet in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Also, my walkout from nationals was like 13 seconds long. That's a really long time to have 880 pounds on your back. It's way, way more tiring. And I have nothing against the USPA. I think, you know, they're a great federation, but it's not optimal for what I want to do. And everyone else who has the records in my weight class use the monolith. So why not do the same? Yeah. Yeah, I might be one of the only USAPL guys who actually thinks that the monolift is a better alternative to well, walking out of squat. It's safer too because yeah. you can put up the straps and like uh, at um, at the Kern, uh, they didn't have the straps on, which I thought was ridiculous. Uh, you know, because you have guys squatting over a thousand pounds there, but uh, someone dropped uh, Philip Herndon dropped I think like nine twenty six off his back. Mm-hmm. And there were no safety straps. Uh, and like it, I thought it was foolish you would use a monolift and not use the safeties. Like, cause that's the big advantage of a monolift in the eyes of safety is, you know, if you drop 
a thousand pounds on a combo rack, that thing's going to fucking flip. Like, it, like it, if it hits the safeties, like that thing is not, because they don't bolt them down. That thing's not staying in one spot. Whenever I squatted the 880, the rack was not strong enough to hold itself inward, like with the 880 on it. It kept, they, they had one side slanted, one side straight. And I told them, I was like, I need both in because, you know, my shoulder mobility is trash. I was like, I need them both in. And they're like, we can't. Like, the rack won't hold it. And I was like, you fucking kidding me? You're telling me to, like, walk out and then put back 880 pounds out of a rack that isn't capable of holding this much? Like, that is very scary. It's a scary thing to hear whenever you're standing there looking at it. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, the rack the rack won't do it. Like, what do you mean the rack won't do it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I could agree with you on that one. All right. Um, USAPL. Asian. <laughs> <laughs> It's so ironic. It's because it's it's USA I, I work out uh, at this gym called Global Strength, and they're all USAPL, and they're all Asian. And there's like one Hispanic guy there, and then me and my fiance. So everyone, else, so that's just the first. And then I used to work out at Alpha Elite, and most of the USAPL there, other than Russ, are also Asian. So it's just first thing that comes to mind. All right. Well, that's 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 an interesting one for USAPL. Um, Yuri Belkin. Russian. <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to mind for me, too. Can't get past the Russian. Chad Penson. <laughs> I don't want a fat forehead. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel saying that. Chad's a good guy. He I is. No, yeah, Chad's great. Uh, what a good friend of mine. I guess I, now, I have, now I have to look at his forehead and get back to you on that one. On Instagram right now, checking it out. Yeah. Yeah, let, yeah. Let me know. Uh, yeah, let me know your uh, findings, Steve, and we'll compare. We'll compare findings later of our uh, research. All right, sounds good. John Hack needs to wear wraps. I. So, has he tried wraps before? Probably not. Yeah, he has. He won't do them again. Oh really? Um, he started getting too many knee issues from doing wraps. See, but the thing is, people uh, like. I, I, you know, I, of course, I've talked to Petrie a lot. And I've tried to tell him, it's like, Jamal needs to get in wraps so he can beat Erie Belkin and reclaim the number one spot for America. And then, you know, I'm hoping Hunter Henderson beats uh, Mariana, Mariana um, to reclaim the spot for America as well. But the thing is, is what I, I was telling Petrie about is I used to have a lot of knee pains with wraps as well. But everyone, just like everyone squats differently, everyone needs a different wrap technique. And the problem is, is people are like, oh, I'm going to wrap my knees like my favorite lifter. Um, you know, how do they wrap their knees? They watch their video, they wrap their knees. They have completely different squat mechanics, and now my knees hurt. Um, so I, a lot of people, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to play with wraps and figure out how to wear them. Because whenever I put too much behind my knee, it gives me really bad hamstring and knee pain. Um, I have to wrap, um, like four up and then an X. And then I put all the wrap like underneath my knee, uh, like where the, where the 90 degree in my knee would be, I put it there so that it's not impeding, like, uh, you know, impeding the bend of my knee. Cause I push my knee so far forward. Um, it like, whenever I would wrap a lot, like straight behind my knee, I would end up with like a big wad of wrap that was almost like someone stuck like a two by four behind my knee and then tried to have me squat around it. So it would stretch the tendon in front of my knee out. So everyone just needs to find their own way. Um, Cause John Hack pushes his knees super far forward. So 
So if he had someone put a lot of wrap behind his knee, that's probably why his knees hurt afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys that push their knees far forward, they need less behind their knee and more like on each side of the knee um, just to get more spring, but less stop, which is a, a, every time that someone, you know, squats a big world record, they come out and say, this is the best way to wrap your knee. For you, yes, but not for everyone. I think that's the big misconception that a lot of people have with wraps is someone wraps them their way whenever they squat completely differently and they're like, oh, no, my knees hurt. I don't like wraps. But it's really like you need to figure out how to wrap your knees, um, not how someone else wraps theirs. Okay. All right. How about raw lifting? Respectable. Okay. Kamal Browner? Peaks early. It's the first thing that comes to mind. But that's because I was talking about it earlier with another guy. Okay. I've seen Jamal's program. He put it on his AMA. That dude does so much goddamn work so close to a meet. He posted like his one week out and it was stupid. Like he had like the total amount weight lifted, you know, like added up of every rep and set. And it was like 14,000 pounds. Like that's stupid. Um, you know, like for a week out, he had, he had like uh, I think like some, like a three by six or something with some squats and deadlifts and like bench. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man, you need to rest. Um, Cause he hits huge lifts in the gym and then they don't always make it to the platform because he does so much work. I mean, that was the whole reason I got with my coach um, was because I did too much. Like, you know, it, it's what happens when you love working out is you do too much and you don't rest enough. And then, uh, I mean, I, I just see him take really heavy lifts and training a lot. And, and I don't know, for me, I, I like to shy away from heavy uh, squat bench or deadlift very often just because they're so, like, injury prone, especially whenever you're that strong. I mean, how many, how many lifts do you get over 900 pounds before your body's like, nope, that was too many? That's why I, you know, I'm in the off season right now. I don't do straight bar squats. I don't competition deadlifts so so a lot of work i a lot of work arthur morgan (laughs) made me cry dude (laughs) that was the last video game that i played i don't i don't play video games very much but um that was the last one i played and i played the whole thing through like it was a goddamn job like i played eight hours a day if not more every day for like two weeks Maybe not a full two weeks, like 10 days. Um, but I cried. I cried at the end of uh, at the end of Red Dead 2. And then I just, I don't know. I've, I've tried to replay it again since then because it was such a great game, but I, I can't do it. it was... <laughs> All right. Well, well, then how about John Marston? John Marston? Yeah. See, I never played Red Dead 1. Oh, okay. So... Oh, you got to, man. If you're a fan, because I'm a big fan of the franchise, so... Yeah, uh, see, I, I've never been a big video, big video game guy, mm-hmm. um, but I saw my best friend playing it because I, I lived with him at the time, and I was like, okay, I can get behind this. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to play the first one, but I know what I'm going to do, and I have too many obligations currently to spend eight hours a day thinking about Red Dead or playing, because it's going to be all I think about or all I play, and I have other things I need to get done. That's okay. my that's my hold up. All right, Micah Bell. Fuck that dude, man. <laughs> Such a snake. All right. Steve, unless you have anything to add. 
Are we going lifter rating? We're doing a lifter. Oh, we can do lifter rating, yeah. So with uh, our lifter rating, we rate uh, 1 to 99 for squat bench and deadlift. So um, if you ever played like Madden or NBA 2K, very similar to that a video game rating from 1 to 99 in all your lifts. We have a back and forth like me between me and Steve uh, if we agree or disagree with it or not. And then uh, we come up with your overall rating. So for squat, what do you rate yourself on 1 to 99? 85. Ooh. Steve, do you uh, do you want to search this right now? i definitely go higher. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'm the analytical guy. I'm going to look directly at open powerlifting. You're 17th all-time at 881. Regardless, you're, I mean, if we compare you to juniors, I think you're probably, you might be number one if we're comparing you to other juniors, which a lot of times we do. But for the fact that you're number two all-time, I think we got to Eric Lillybridge and Dylan Hellriegel are definitely above me. Okay, I, but, I would I would say you're probably at 881. Best is 950. I, I mean, I probably put you in 92 ish. I, I think. would too. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess because I was for some reason I was thinking like 10 percent um, was like the difference between me and the number one. But I guess like 70 of 88. That's more like what, like 12 percent? So 88. Like it's like 70 pounds. So that's, that's how I was doing it. Was like off a percentage, and then what's the, um, then the deduct points off percentage between me and the all-time world record? That was how I was doing it. You're also number seventeen of twenty-eight thousand six hundred and sixty-three people. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, the that weight class is the easily the most dense and most competitive when you get into the uh, untested side of powerlifting. You think so? Oh yeah. That's like to me the one tens are like the eighty three kilos of and ninety three kilos of uh, USAPL because like most so most of us who are like most of us in the USAPL if we work out we're going to be within that weight class uh, just kind of like how we how our body's going to be once we put on weight uh, not like that's why the seventy fours get a little bit weird because once you start lifting weights and get older you're going to gain weight so that's it kind of drops off for your weight. So for for like USPA, like if you are lifting weights, uh, you know, um, taking gear on top of it, you're going to be heavier. You know, your typical USAPL guy. So then that weight class kind of it stacks up. See, I, I kind of thought that. I mean, I guess you're right, but I, I view the two seventy fives as that, just because of the bench gap. Okay. The, Huge bench gap between 242 and 275. Like, you know, you look at the top 10 of um, 242, and everyone's right above 500. Um, so, you know, unless they're, like, more of a bench specialist, they normally don't creep up past, like, 530. But you look at the 275s, and you got just, uh, you know, 560s, 600s. Um, and, then they st- and then a lot more 1,000-pound squatters in the 275s but they're not so big that they can't still deadlift. So I, I guess that's why I would view the 275 as denser. Um, I guess there's less of them. So I guess denser would be the wrong word. There's a lot more 242s and 275s, but I feel like the 275s is a much uh, harder weight class to be the best in. And I say that because I came in a year ago and I'm already number two. So, yeah, but I would not be like, if I didn't cut a little bit of weight and I weighed in at, like the 250 that I walk around at, I would get smashed in the 275s. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess that's why I would view 275 as a little bit more competitive. 
All right. All right, makes sense. Yeah, like for me, I guess like 80, 83 and 93 are my most competitive weight classes within the USAPL. So, I mean, I guess 275s can be, you know, my name because I do, I think, I actually think 93 is the most competitive because of the quality of lifter and the amount of lifters that are there. Um, but there's just so many people at 83 where yeah, the, the competition from like 10th place is actually quite high. So, all right, how about bench? One in 99. Oh, like, probably like 75. I'm pretty middle of the pack, honestly. Like, my. If my bench was 500 pounds, then like I, I wouldn't have to squat or deadlift nearly as much. Like I'm definitely pretty biased on like where I'm strong. It's my legs. Yeah, at 215 is your is your bench, best bench, Steve. What are you looking at here? Yeah, I mean he, he's in like the 400s for bench. So yeah, if we're I mean. Actually, based off of this, I probably actually have your squat higher at like ninety three ish, and I'd say bench around like eighty four. Really, you think so? Yeah. Oh, but I guess I'm thinking about Jeremy Hoonstra, Hornstra, Hoonstra. Um, he benched like fucking six seventy. So, I mean, I'm bench, looking at bench is the weirdest one. But you still, you still got to compare. Like, you're comparing yourself to the greatest bencher in that class of all time. Like, an eighty five means like. 85th percentile like you're better than the vast majority of people still and like also even if, even if jeremy's got you a bit also year to year too because whenever madden makes a video game they do it based on the year like if you're doing a rating and that it's like well you know he's a great running back but uh comparatively to walter payton he isn't that good I'm like well no one is that's why like the very few people are as good as walter payton so i think people do get stuck in that a lot um yeah, I I would I would probably agree with Steve on this one. Probably like a you know low low end mid eighties with like an eighty four would uh would work on that one. I take that. All right, how about how about deadlift? Go go ninety two. Ninety two three ninety seven massive massive deadlift. I'm I'm going ninety seven on deadlift. You got fourth best deadlift all time, regardless of years. I would go 96, 96 though. Like that's what I would 96. go all time. You're 96. definitely humble. You're humble. Well, I, I, you you, you well, give yourself more credit with how strong you are. Well, I also I rate my squat a little bit lower because it's with wraps. So you take off the wraps, and I'm probably like a high seven squatter. Well, I mean, I'm looking at wrap. Like we're comparing yeah. you against other wrap lifters, so I'm looking at that as well. So. Yeah, fair enough. I would say I would say, I would say ninety three, eighty four, ninety six. That's fair. Enough. That's what I, that's what I would think. So what do we got? We got ninety two on bench, eighty four on or ninety two on squat, eighty four on bench, um, ninety six on deadlift. Divide that by three. That gives you a ninety overall with the lifter rating. That's fair enough. I, yeah, I could, I'm in. I mean, I'm definitely in more than the top ten percent, but um, in the top twenty, yeah, I'd, I'll take ninety. All right. Well, there's a, there's a fair amount of space between what I'm at six hundred dots and Yuri's at like six fifty seven. So it's a pretty big gap. I'll I'll take a ninety. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Steve? Do you agree with that ninety overall rating? I, have, I, I probably think you're a little bit higher than that, but it's not too far off. I probably would think you're around like a 92-ish. 
because like we don't we don't have too many people over like 94 95 like mo- i mean I think we've only had like two or three people over 95 well well recently so. we have because we just got like the craziest guests on as far as like uh totals go now now that's like all two white lights is used to and now they're gonna they're gonna think that 95 is the norm because it was yeah amanda lawrence russ or and taylor atwood were our last three guests Excluding Dennis Cornelius, which would probably also be like a 95. He's such a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> yeah, quick, quick word Google, association. Except- Wilkes. Formula. Dots. <laughs> but it, okay. Wilkes and Dots have no place inside of a weight class. They should not be how a class is ranked because then it makes the class completely useless. There is no reason to have weight limits on a class and then rank that class by a formula because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I agree with you on that. That's dumb. Like total should win in class and then overall ranking between, you know, anyone ever dots or, you know, to win a meet dots, but like for a weight class doesn't make any sense to me. Like I don't understand why they rank weight class by dots. Yeah. Well, Dennis, me and Dennis had that conversation where that's where he like puts his value in powerlifting is just weight classes because it's simple. You know, you have the total there and you go based on total. He's looking at just the, you know, the formula within powerlifting of just deciding the best overall lifter. And like, I think, I think arguments can be made, but like the very fact that there's weight classes in powerlifting shows that there's an inherent unfairness with how much weight you can lift. That's why they separated us into weight classes. I mean, uh, I will I will slip up every time someone asks me. If you are bigger than me, boom, dots is king. If you're smaller than me, total is all that matters. It, it is completely subjective to who I'm talking to. No, yeah. I, I will never let myself lose, and I won't start the conversation with someone who will beat me in both. <laughs> Why would I do that to myself? Yeah. Well, I always say lifters just prefer the, the formula that – has them be more impressive. Yeah, like I mean... If, if, if I've always, like, no one bases it off of, like, actual math and statistics. They're, the times I get into this conversation, they're like, well, you know, based on Wilkes is actually probably the most accurate of how to judge a lifter. I'm like, you're just saying that because your Wilkes would be much higher than good <laughs> lift points or dots. Like, you're just, yeah. it's it's bullshit, but what you're saying, and I don't know, like, I, I, I guess, uh, I guess I'm like at the, I'm at the point where I really don't give a shit of yeah, formulas because, like, I get helped by it, but then I know I have to lift something stupid to be like on the level of other people. So, I mean, uh, one of my best friends, uh, Rob Hall, was like a three ten and did twenty two thirty seven. But in his eyes, there's no way that I could ever be stronger than him because I'm five pounds. I had twenty two thirty two. Even though I did it weighing like 80 pounds less, easily, like in his eyes. And whenever I talk to Rob, it's all about dots. But if I were to talk to someone who like, uh, Jason actually beat me dots. He weighed in two pounds lighter. I will never let him have that. No, sir. I beat you by five pounds. Like I think he was 236 and I was 239. If you uh, rank it by dots, Jason's ranked higher than me. But weight class uh, doesn't make any sense to be divided by or to be ranked by, like, 
dots in my in my opinion. Yeah, I always get pissed off that on the USAPL database it has it based on uh, good lift points and within weight classes. And I mean, you could put the filter in total, but that's what it comes up as the first one. Yeah. And I get pissed off because Deuce Gruden is ahead of me by 0.5 good lift points, uh, and I beat him in nationals on total. And it pisses me off because people are going to look at the ranking and be like, Deuce Gruden is better than Angel. Like, no, I literally beat him head to head. I'm, don't. <laughs> it's, a, it's an ego thing that only I'm struggling with. And Deuce, Deuce is like, I don't give a fuck about this, Angelo. I'm too busy, you know, co- I'm too busy uh, trying to coach the Las Vegas Raiders right now. So, this, you, you can, <laughs> you, can you can go you with your inner turmoil all you want. I think, I think he beat me by like .07. And it fucking haunts me. (laughs) I'm so angry about it that uh, he weighed in two pounds lighter than me. Yeah, same thing with Deuce. Deuce is like two pounds lighter than me, too. Yeah, like, well, that means I was stronger than him and bigger than him. That's all I really need. Like, why would I want to be small? That's how I would would approach that conversation. Yup, I 100% agreement from me. And then if this, but this is flip, I would totally use this to my advantage. Oh, I absolutely. Would, Every time. I'd I'd be like, yo, check it out. Good lift points. I'm ranked higher than Deuce, even though he beat me in competition. I, I'll, 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 uh, I actually, I, I think I probably did that in the past with, like, uh, when I weighed 178 pounds in the USAPL. Like, my good lift points, I think, was better than a lot of people in the top 10 because I was, like, six pounds lighter. <laughs> I was six pounds lighter than them. Well, I mean, Brianni holds a world record. But I just threw rank at her. I don't I mean I don't have an all time world record. Oh no 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 no! Don't do that! Don't do that! That's you're in some hot water if you do that. That's, that's exactly what we got in trouble for. Is we talked about rank versus just one lift. I know that's what I did. But I mean, what's she gonna do? Kick my ass? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, man. I yeah, that was kind of our argument. But then the uh, irony that came after that episode was they were talking about like. All time world records and how important they are, and then they were talking to me like, "You just don't understand the value of having an all time world record." And I had to like keep in my laughter because I had the all time deadlift world record at eighty three kilos. And guess what happened? No one, people cared. People were very nice about it, but that's all it was. You're like, "Oh, Angelo's got the all time deadlift world record, insane lift." Um, let's talk about Russ and Sean Oriega because they're better than him. All right, so then they would shift the conversation. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's how it works. I do know how it feels to have an all-time world record, and it's not that important when there's a handful of people better than you or have a hand, yeah. like a better total. People look more so on the total, um, and we got in trouble uh, for that. So that was that was a fun time. Or I, I should rephrase it. I got in trouble for that. Steve yeah. pretty much lived I'm his a, life. I'm a blameless angel. I can't do wrong. Well, they. They can do all they want. I doesn't matter to me. They can be as mad at me as they want. I'm gonna say it. I don't care. I'm ranked higher than her. Um, I don't care. And Joe. And every, oh my God! It was making me so angry. Everyone was like, "Oh, you just don't want to battle out with Joe." This and that. I'm ranked 12 spots higher than him. He can battle it out with those 12 people and then come battle me. Yeah, and that's <laughs> another thing. Um, I, you know, because I, I think I was with you, and I still think I have like. I don't know, because I, I had an always a great relationship with Joe Sullivan, and I think if you listen to old episodes, he was on Two White Lights before. Um, if you listen to old episodes of Two White Lights, uh, you know, I spoke very highly of him, and then there was a point, there was a point where I started to just not 
enjoy how he was approaching shit in powerlifting. But yeah, if yeah, you I look at his if you look at his progression though too, it's something that needs to be kind of pointed out that it's only been like a two pound progression in four years. On his total, Joe Sullivan, great power, great powerlifter. I mean, honestly, kind of the pioneer of the sport. But I don't need to battle it out with someone who's ranked twelve spots lower than me. I, I don't I don't understand why everyone was like, oh, like you know, you don't want to face face down with him, this and that. It's like, well, I don't really need to. Like, I, he can fight for my total. Like, you, can, you know, I, I mean, it sounds kind of douchey. Well, but no, well like, it's not, I, right? I, because you're you're speaking in a literal competition sense where I actually, the come thing about it, I don't know if he can do it. I don't know if he can really take that because his progression, in uh, since I really got interested in powerlifting, hasn't changed. Well, you got to progress just, in this sport if you want to stay, if you want to stay, uh, you know, on top, which his total still always holds up, but it, there's going to be someone who comes along that's going to, is going to push it. Yeah. I mean, um, Joe Sullivan has a phenomenal squat, mm-hmm. but he deadlifts like 150 pounds less than me. Like it, I'm sorry, but that is a huge gap to try to bridge whenever we're both 800 pound squatters. And he doesn't bench 150 pounds more than me. Well, yeah, when we had a, we, when we had a friendly rivalry, uh, he talked. Uh, he would make fun of my deadlift. Uh, uh, well, I mean, it was it was more friendly. He just like I was pissed off that you were able to be strong with that hybrid stance. It just bothers me. But uh, and then like, but the thing that happens, like, I ended up deadlifting more than him. I'm like 183 pounds, natty, deadlifted more than you. Boom. <laughs> I don't even care if you all total me by like a thousand pounds. That I will I will go to the grave saying that. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, like that was my point. It was like like why do people think I need to battle it out with him whenever like I'm already ranked so much higher than him? Like the battling has been done. Like he can catch up. Like you they don't have the number one in MMA fight the number thirteen. Like just like, that's not how it works. I mean I'm not the number one. They don't have the number two fight the number thirteen. Um when I was like the when I was the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's and I think Jessica was the one, one of the ones who said that, and I was like, "What are you talking about? Stop it!" Yeah, stop immediately. What did, last week? Would you thought you would have a altercation in the comments with Jessica Butner? It's like the most random person to be upset about your posts and person to be talking about like the untested totals of other people. Like yeah, I would not I'm have expected her to be in the crosshairs of this. I I had. Whenever, yeah, whenever I saw her name, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, why are, why are you here? What are you doing here? This is, this is not a safe place for you. No one is safe here. Anyone that came into that comment section, I was like, why did you just put yourself here? And that's, I mean, the, the, the meat director, he didn't put himself in there. He was a smart guy. Never, because I never said his name. And, uh, you know, I, because I did get my refund. So I wasn't going to go, yeah, exactly. I wasn't going to go too hard. Um, also because he was a really nice guy, so I wasn't going to put his name out there. But I was wondering, I was like, why did you come here? Yeah. After the way I've been talking to everyone else, do you think I was like, you know what, you're right, you're right, <laughs> Jessica, you know what, I was wrong. That's what you thought was going to happen? In, in the third slide, I said that I'm known for talking shit, why did you think you'd be safe? And then she thought she'd be safe? Absolutely not. Yeah, I I, I actually was very surprised reading that. Like, we... We see some people from all walks of life in that comment, but Jessica Butner was the most random. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, it's just it's just like the 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 IPF 
the queen, like one of the best female powerlifters in the uh, Canadian, uh, the CPU and the IPF getting into this. I was that was a, that was legitimately the last person I thought would be in the the comments. I yeah, could have thought of any other powerlifter. I was confused when I saw her there. I was like, why why is this name popping up <laughs> in my comment section? But I wasn't gonna be nice. <laughs> I don't know why she decided to chime in there. Yeah. Well. That's actually, I think, a great way to end this episode with the quote, uh, I'm not going to be nice. Absolutely not. And I apologize for nothing. I want that to be known. I apologize for nothing. Some people say that I take it too far, and all I have to say is that if you don't take it too far, you'll never take it far enough. Those, that is a famous last quote that yes, is going to be on Two White Lights. Uh, Derek, thank you for coming on Two White Lights. This was a very, very highly anticipated episode, but also a pleasure to record. So thanks, man. And uh, considering I'm in Houston, um, you know, I'll hopefully run into you soon. Yeah, man. Anytime you're down to lift. I mean, I, I, I go to work 3 to 11, but I'm always free in the mornings. All right. So Sweet. anytime. All right. Well, that'll do it for Two White Lights. We'll see you guys uh, Thursday. Peace.